Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hello? Uh, hey, it's me, Jonathan. I, I don't know a Jonathan. Yeah, that's the name they gave me at the orphanage after you put me up for adoption. How could you give me away? Bring the family together again. San Andreas Telephone, for those difficult conversations. Shut up and sit down. Welcome, everybody, to episode 375 of Third Shift. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Eric. And, of course, today, as per usual, as always, is the inglorious bastard himself, Mr. Matt. He's joining me today for a fantastic episode, you guys, gals, who's peeps. It's 375, okay? And we got all sorts of stuff to go. We've got the freaking gaming awards, nominees we're talking about. We've got what you did this week. You got some other stuff happening. Nintendo did something or rather. Who knows? It's going to be fun. But before we get on to all that, man, as we do here, we got to know what Matt did this week. What happened, Matt? Real life, gaming life? I don't know. What happened? I am so glad. Because I thought I opened today, so when I hit go and I looked over and I saw Eric opens, I went, good, give me a moment to compose myself, get myself back in, and then I can talk about the two things I did in real life. Went and saw Gabriel Royal at the Wharton Center, who I had no knowledge of, know nothing about. He's a singer-songwriter, he does piano stuff and sings, but he also plays the cello and sings at the same time. So it's a very unique kind of vibe, really cool. I really liked his kind of melancholy jazz that he does just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a melancholy guy, so I enjoyed it. But the cool thing about it was it was in the Club 750 venue at the Wharton Center, which is brand new this year. You know, they've, got, they've got the big hall. They've got the Passant Theater for the smaller stuff. But they have a, what's well, it's the Jackson Lounge, which is like the, the kind of the VIP lounge. If you're a donor, you get to go in there and have some drinks beforehand, you know, a certain number. But they redeck that all out like a small jazz club in New York. So it was like dim lights, you know, kind of moody lighting. They had food service. You know, you could get your drinks up there too. It was cool. It was awesome. And the food was pretty good. I mean, it was kind of expensive food, but I thought it all tasted great. It was better than I thought. And then I've always loved like a small jazz club atmosphere. So to see this guy who I ended up really liking in this cool new venue and this new vibe, I was like, yeah, this is it. This is it. And then the very next day, went back to the Warren Center for a Lansing Symphony Orchestra concert, which wasn't just a concert. I mean, it was a concert, but they did Carmina Burana, which vaguely I know what that is, but they went, hey, we're going to have soloists. We're going to have you know, a giant choir in the background. And I went, okay, this, this sounds familiar. Uh, let me look at the, you know, the piece list. First and last is O Fortuna, which if anybody has ever heard any kind of epic musical scores or epic commercial music, you'll recognize this. And it was awesome. The whole symphony was busting it out. Like the, the choir was like 200 people almost, it seemed like. There was just a, a wall of humanity belting it out. I was amazed. I was so happy. And then the two solos they had, they had a lady and a dude. And because there was this giant choir in the back and the, the whole symphony up front, they were like on the very edge of the stage. So you're having this amazing experience. And then whatever you think of you know, because it, it's kind of an opera, and then they have this powerful choir stuff going on in the back, too. But to have those two basically, like, right in your lap, singing this, you know, powerful opera style, it was incredible. It was, you know me, I love live performances, I love talented people. And they were, like, there, there, doing something I could not even hope to replicate even remotely. It was awesome. It was great. It was amazing. And speaking of amazing... On the video game front, Spider-Man 2. I won't spoil anything. I'll just say, during this last weekend stream, I got to the part where Venom happened. Venom was properly introduced. And it was the greatest moment of my entire life. You can hear it on the stream. You can hear it on the VOD. The glee in my voice. The, the delight that this thing that's happening is happening. And I won't even say why it's so good. But Jesus, it was great. I, can't, I don't think that will happen again in the course of the story, but I didn't expect it. I thought, <laughs> but with that cut from the show, so there's no spoilers. Another amazing thing I've been playing, 
Like a Dragon Guide and the Man Who Erased His Name. And I got to say this. Sub-stories? Amazing. Stuff you're doing running around town fighting? Amazing. I love it all. The main story, though, right now, I'm, I'm like 15 hours in, but most of that is doofing around in town, according to my save file anyway. I'm only on the third chapter, and already, like, allegiances have shifted like four times. Like, you're starting working with these dudes, and then, oh, they turned out to be bad. Okay, well, I'm going to start working with this dude. Oh, but he turned out to be bad. So we're going to go back to the other guys, but they turned out to be bad. So now we're kind of working with this guy and the other guys also at the same time. Now there's a partnership because we're going to go try and do another thing. And I'm like, this is like a whole game's worth of twists in the first two chapters. And it's like, I don't know if they like took the whole story they wanted to do, and but, but it's going to be a small game. So uh, squeeze and squash. Well, it was supposed to be a DLC for uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. So it seems like it should be the right yeah, size exactly. anyway. Mm-hmm. But it, I don't know. It's still a lot of fun, especially when I'm doing this. The sub-stories are still hilarious. Like the, stu- the people you meet and the stuff you do, it's great. And I love it. So the meat of what I love the most about the Yakuza games is still here. But when I go into that super serious mode, I'm like, geez, geez, it's too, it feels like it's too much, it's too fast, and it's too super dark. Like Kiryu's like, okay, you can kill me. You know, as a result of all these twists, like three times already. I'm like, dude, no, just just punch everybody. Throw everybody through all the walls, you know, pick up a motorcycle and smash everybody. And let's do, let's, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I'm feeling weird right now. But what I'm not feeling weird about, okay, last week on wrestling Twitter, there was a rumor that All Elite Wrestling was doing, was signed up with Sega to do some kind of a match, some kind of match tie-in. And they've done stuff before, like with uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre match. They had a Texas Chainsaw death match, and it was really hokey, but, you know, a lot of fun. And I thought last week about mentioning it on the show, saying, oh, man, I love AEW, and I love Sega. Who knows what this could be? Because there was nothing that came out about it. Wednesday after we recorded the podcast, after I edited it and put it up, I saw a trailer for the Like a Dragon Gaiden street fight. And I went... I put it on our Twitter account. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. And I put that it was me posting it, obviously. And they had it last night. And like the lower third graphics were all in the Yakuza fonts. You people were dressed up like characters from the game. And then shit was just crazy. It was perfect. Kota Ibushi took a brain buster on a bicycle. And after he had already like ridden the bicycle down the ramp and was hitting people with a pipe and got clotheslined off it and landed straight on his neck. It was wild. It was crazy. Like the whole LED backdrop of the entranceway, it was a scene from Sotenbori. So you saw people coming and going and had like all the access stuff. They had signs that you would see in the game, like on the street, propped up and using them as weapons and all the stuff. It was magical. It was the greatest moment of my whole life. I was sitting here with my nice headphones on, watching it, just shouting with glee. I probably sounded like an idiot to my neighbors, but I was just, I was over the moon. And that was just yesterday as we're recording this. So a wonderful week, real life stuff, video game stuff, and my two favorite companies, Ryuga Gotoku Studios and All Elite Wrestling, crossing over to make a wild and outlandish and amazing spectacle. It was a great week for me, Eric. How was your week? Oh, man. Well, let me tell you, on the real life front, might be dying. Who knows? Can't say. All right. I think I got some bronchitis coming on. Uh, I got some other problems happening. Oh, boy. Howdy. I'll tell you what. I can't even talk long without dying. I'm dying. All right? For this show, you have bronchitis. This is the worst thing. I got bronchitis. <laughs> so, anywho, we won't talk about that. We'll talk about the fun stuff, though. We went to Ohio this last weekend. I told you all about it. Damn it. <laughs> we went to the Tor Gaming Festival down in Ohio, the biggest gaming convention down there. And, uh, you know, we bought the VIP tickets, the whole nine, had access to the whole weekend. We didn't get to do all that because, you know, we we're only there for literally one day. But we got in, door prizes galore, all sorts of things happening. You know, we had like a million raffle tickets for these door prizes. Chad and my sister won the Switch OLED. Nice. Um, we won nothing. I mean, and that should be expected. We don't win things. Eric doesn't have luck. It just That's not the way the world works. 
You are 100% correct, but I was secretly hoping that, you know, your arms are mostly out of frame usually when you're talking. Mm-hmm. I was secretly hoping you'd like do a slow turn away from the microphone and then lift up and there'd be the Jag, the Jag, and the Jag CD, or at least the PSP would come yeah. floating up. I was, they had a sealed gang gear too, man. A sealed oh. gang gear. And I was so, bang- oh I was banking on that one, man. Because I, I got a gang gear. I got one. So it's literally in my curio, but it's. It's missing its backs. The one side's got a corrosion on it, so I don't even know if it's going to work anymore. Probably not, unless I fix fix that or figure that out. But anywho, it used to work. I don't know how it got corrosion on it. Anywho, I, man, that would have been a banger right there. Just yeah, I was so excited, hoped goodness to win, you know, but didn't. Anywho's, so we're in there, and it was a good time, but it was weird because. My sister Vanessa and uh, brother-in-law Chad, they didn't. I don't think they understood what it was. What it was, you know. I, I think they had in their head that this was like a, a big, like um, Pax, you know, like Pax East, Pax West. You know what I mean? I think that's what they thought that was going to happen. There was going to be gamings everywhere, and, and people doing all sorts of crazy stuff and cosplaying and all that. And I had tried to kind of talk to Vanessa before this, you know, hey, well, it's not going to be all that. It's it's just going to be a lot of people trying to sell you stuff. It's going to be just booths everywhere, people selling things. And there will be probably some cosplayers, sure, there will probably be some. Now, mind you, ended up being there were not a lot of cosplayers. So apparently that's more of like a anime con thing that happens because, you know, me and you obviously go to several of those and there's tons of cosplay. But here, there was only a few but what there was was exactly what you wanted, man. And that's why it sucks you missed it. There was gaming booths everywhere. Video games of every kind, of any generation, all there. Paraphernalia of all kinds at every booth. Just the craziest stuff to the most common stuff they had. You know, all the old stuff, all the new stuff. People selling uniques, this and that. That's what it was. It was like 60 shops worth of booths just selling all sorts of gaming merchandise of every kind and then of course a lot of gotcha stuff too you know a lot of your you know hey look at pokemon stuff oh look at all these plushies and animals and oh we got we we, we make shirts you know custom shirts oh look at all these cool shirts we make all that was there too i didn't get a single thing not because i didn't want to but as we went through it was kind of like just, oh, okay, this is what this is. Move on to the next booth, move on to the next booth. And I'm looking, I'm basically like, oh, well, so I was going to look at that. Oh, push down. Next, off we went. Oh, what, what's that? Well, wow. Well, well, off to the next booth. So, unfortunately, saw a lot of cool shit, but didn't get to get anything. I say that, but I did get one thing. You know, the uh, little, they're called, what are they, capsule machines, you know? I was sitting there with uh, my wife and, and Vanessa, and I was like, oh, I at least got to do I got to do this. I got to do this. I had a Persona one with the Persona monsters and stuff and whatnot. I got to do it. So I, I got two, three bucks. You know, I'm sure that'll get me a token to put in there. No, $7. $7. Got Ended up getting a little tiny Jack Frost figurine who's not even sitting where he's supposed to be. He's actually gone now. So one of my daughters must have stole him. But uh, I do have it. And I was kind of miffed because, you know, I'm like, oh, it's probably some cheap, cheap plastic piece of crap. Because in America, that's what we have. You know, you go to those little things, it's cheap. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. It's very solid. It's very weighty. It's very meaty. Very well, you know, done. So at least for that seven bucks, I did get a very nice little tiny Jack Frost posing in his little running position. And then, of course, in natural Eric Luck, my sister goes, well, I bought you know, we bought two because it was like way cheaper. It was like two bucks cheaper. It was, only, it was two for ten or one for seven. So we said two for ten. She goes, "Well, I don't really care about this. So I'll just get another one of these and give it to you." Ended up being the same exact Jack Frost. So I was like, "Well, you might as well keep it. I already have it. You know, at least put it on, uh, you know, her kid's uh, aunt stand or something. You know." So it was cool. It was a lot of fun, and it got packed. Oh my god, it got packed. I don't know why, man, but I was like. It probably won't be as crazy as like Yumicon or anything like that. It'll probably be just. It was busier than Yumicon. This, but you couldn't even move. And towards the end, half of the booths that we hadn't gone through before the big raffles and everything, where we congregated and did all that, 
couldn't even really do anything because there's so many people you had to like fight your way in just to see anything. And I'm like, you know, I, like I said, I have real life problems happening. So I'm like, I, I, I don't even have the mindset at this point to get in here and like try to see what these people are selling at their particular booth. So like the whole last little section, two sections, I didn't even really see anything except for what I could see just by looking as I walked by, but that's good for them. You know, I was, I love it when I see businesses coming in and trying to sell their wares and do their thing. And they actually have people, you know, buying and interested and it, nothing's worse than just seeing a poor booth and, and nobody's there and nobody's buying anything. And they're just sitting there looking at you. Hopefully that it always makes me feel anxious and weird and I don't like it. So it's great when I, it's just packed and there's humans everywhere and stuff's happening. And you're like, good, good for you. You're going to, you're going to sell something. You're not going to be sad. And of course, the last bit about that it was particularly great because we were getting ready for the booth, uh, the big raffle or whatever, and one of the vendors was standing by us. I don't know who he was, obviously, but he's like, oh my God, some guy kind of walked up and he goes, dude, you won't believe it. This dude just like bought us out at a booth. Just bought us out. Just bought us out. And he was like, they started freaking out. You know, they were all so, they were so happy. And I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, good for you guys. You came here and you actually scored. You won big. You know, high fives to you. Good stuff. And there's this one guy, he had this cool wooden thing. I didn't I didn't want to buy it because it's something I could make myself, but he had a really cool wooden thing, and he had a, the Zelda potions, man. The Zelda potions, you know, the life potions and mana potions, and then he had a, another fairy potion where he had done up the cool thing, and the fairy was hanging inside of it and everything. Looked really good, really cool. So it was fun. It was good stuff, good times. I wish I could have uh, gone back or been there on a day, you know, where it's a little bit healthier. And not in uh, a survival mindset. You know how that goes. But uh, definitely worth doing. Hopefully, maybe next year we'll make it a thing and go down and have a good time. And then on the game front, Alec 2. That's basically what I've been doing. Just playing through that, having a good time, smoking it. And for today, I'll just say this. It says always. Everyone's like, oh, it takes 15, 20 hours to beat. I'm like 26 hours in, and I'm not even like, I'm a little over halfway through. I, what do these people do? I just don't get it. What are these people doing? <laughs> I, I don't understand. I'm not, it's not like I'm even like, you know, just sitting there like an idiot looking through every single nook and cranny, but I am exploring, making sure I read the logs, do the things. Do... It's just wild. It's wild to me that this happens every time, all the time. I shouldn't be shocked, but I, I just am. Every time, I'm, I'm always shocked that, oh, about oh, 16 hours. And I'm like, I'm like 26 hours. What did you do to beat this game in 15? How? It's it's impossible. And I'll be with you on that because I just talked about how in Like a Dragon, I've been like 10, 15 hours in. Oh, in about 12, you have the whole story finished. You only do more if you're like a completionist. Like, I'm not even like just running through the city aimlessly fighting bad guys like I normally do. I go and I get all the side missions and I go zip, 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 zip. Oh, it's a multi-part one. Bing, 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 bing. And then I go back. Like I'm not wasting time. I'm not goofing around with every activity, but I'm not, I'm only on chapter three out of God only knows how many. So same boat, yeah. exact same boat here. It is just wild, but the game itself, fantastic. I can't wait to talk about it more and in depth, but I'll wait for that because I feel like I'm starting to get into the later stuff and, I'll have a lot to say, you know, plus, negative, whatever it ends up being at that point. So for today, just saying, that's what I've been up to. That's what I've been playing. I did download the Like a Dragon, the newest Like a Dragon, because it was, as you said, free on Game Pass if you have it. And I played that for like 10, 15 minutes just because it ties in with, you know, Infinite Wealth. And I'm like, well, maybe I should give it a shot. But there's so many games and Persona Tactica just came out. So that's literally right there ready for me to go with. It's too much. It's too crazy. But that's been the week, Matt. That's what I did. And I have Alan Wake 2 downloaded. I did get on and get that. So that's ready to go. But Super Mario RPG comes tomorrow. And Tactica... I think Tactica comes next week. I have no idea. Anyway, regardless. Persona Tactica? Yeah. No, that's today. It's out now. I don't have a shipping confirmation on it. Oh. Yeah, mine's out. I have it. It's on my bar right now. Hmm. Well, I'll have to look and see. As of yesterday, it was on my PlayStation bar, already fully downloaded, and it said one day and so many hours left. So so it might be like tonight at midnight. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's when it is, but it's 
It's in this range. It's right around here. So I might get the, hey, it shipped yesterday. Yeah. It's in your hands today. Exactly. For tomorrow. You'll, you'll yeah. have it tomorrow or Friday, basically, in a nutshell. Tomorrow is Friday. But regardless. Uh, you know, I don't know. what Matt, you can't tell me. I don't know what time is anymore. I'm surviving. <laughs> so we'll grant you that there's too many games out right now. But you also might want to go back to the past and play a game that's been gone for years because it's back. And Eric and I have talked about this on the podcast a million times. We knew somebody way smarter than us would figure out how to do this. But Battleborn lives again. And we got a, we got a super sneaky heads up saying, hey, maybe don't tell everybody in case money-hungry people are going. And then Randy Pitchford went, hey, is uh, Battleborn alive again? And the guy who made it happen said, yep, it is. And he retweeted it and he shouted it out. So it's officially out there. It's out in the wind. Battleborn lives if you have the Steam version, and you do... I don't know the details because I don't have the Steam version, sadly, and I know Eric doesn't either. No. But definitely jump in the Discord. Find our Twitter. I retweeted a whole bunch of stuff from it. Jump in that Discord to find out how you can do it if you've got it on Steam. And if you don't have it on Steam, just drop the bucks for a game code. Get it on there because Battleborn lives again. From what we first heard, it's not fully functional, but people are playing through operations, they're playing through the PvE mode, and they're having a great time reliving one of the best games from the past few years, the game that started this show. If you're a fan of us, but you're not a fan of Battleborn, still go and support it. Go get that PC code, download it and play it, and have a great time because it's back, and we never thought it would be. Well, we, we kind of do. We secretly knew somebody would eventually figure it out, but... We didn't think it would ever be back and able like to be officially. Played. Yeah, yeah. But it is. Nobody's bugging them. And like Matt said, uh, you can do like the the story modes, the operation stuff. You can't do any PvP. Uh, there's no saves, I believe. So it's just, you go through and play and have a great time. I think something's up with the skill trees, but I'm not 100 percent certain on that. Or the gear, like there's yeah, no gear or it's or the gear. I think you don't get to get gear. The skill trees are fine, but no gear. But any he's this individual. I don't know if it's he, she, whatever. It doesn't matter. I. They're working on it, and they're, like, doing what they can. So I'm sure there'll be updates as long as it doesn't get stripped down by 2K or whatever in the future. So, I don't know. Figure it out. Check it out. Like Matt said, you can go to, I think, Amazon has keys you can get somehow and purchase them. I was hearing 30 bucks going around. That's the the going price for them over on eBay and Amazon, et cetera. Probably shot up because demand just yeah, went up. Yeah, so. exactly. So if you can get a hold of it, fantastic i wish i could i wish i could but i've got so much i'm buying right now i can't and i own it obviously i bought it on the playstation i can't justify getting it again i can't do it i can't do it especially after just buying buy, literally buying like three games i'm saying that quietly so it's not over <laughs> yeah, it's too much that's crazy so i i wish and i hope that i get the shot but we'll see now, I know that you're a dirtbag lion buster, Eric, because you can't buy Battleborn again, but you can buy a PlayStation Portal at no, 200 That's the price of four games almost, especially if you're counting the Battleborn. That's the price of over six Battleborns. Now, I don't have it in my hot little hands yet. It's at the place where it gets delivered to. I haven't touched it. We can't go too long on any of these topics. I, I wish we could because there's a big topic coming. But, Eric, give us some... First-hand impressions, some some touchings and some feelings. So as Matt just said, I did indeed get it. I put it on just the other day, opened up the box, the construction, everything's very solid, very well kept inside of this whole thing. It has like a double box in it, nice little case. Now I will say this, though. It comes with like zero instructions. It comes with this tiny little sliver of a manual with this micro speak on it. But I'll tell you why. It's because it's super easy. Uh, you hold the power button down, and he goes, hey, you have a PlayStation Portal. Do you want to link it with the PlayStation? You say yes. Away you go. You link it to your PlayStation. After you do that, you make sure your PlayStation has the remote play enabled. After you do that, it syncs itself up, and off you go to the races. Control-wise, feels great, man. I told you my only gripe is that it, it doesn't have the exact same hold as your PlayStation controller. So make sure you're aware of that. Your... Uh, your uh, sticks are going to be a little bit lower, so you have to kind of hold your thumbs down just a little bit more than you would. But all the movement, all the con all the extra bonuses, it's all in those controllers. So you get all the shakes, you get all the vibrations, you get all the trigger resistance, all that's there. 
the monitor itself, the little screen, plenty big. Feels great. Looks great. Had no issues with that. Uh, the internet for me down in this basement isn't great. So I had a little bit of screen tearing and whatnot. But upstairs, wonderful, normal, fantastic. Uh, I was playing Alan Wake 2. Looked good. It's everything I, w- I needed to be. It's what I wanted. I'm so happy with it. It was instantaneous. And then right now, like earlier, when I just got home, I booted up just to look. Booted right up, straight onto my PlayStation. It was ready to go. So no matter where I am in this house, now I can just boop, power the button. Hey, we're having conversations, but it's kind of windling down. Boop. Got it on. Don't got to worry about it. Playing my favorite games, because you know me, PlayStation's life. So that's where I usually am. Ah, so happy. It's so cool. It feels solid. It feels doesn't feel like a gimmick. Doesn't feel like cheap, you know. Very nice. Very durable. You're going to love, man. You're going to love it. You're going to be in bed like a little kid. <laughs> Kicking your little feet. Playing on your portal. You're going to forget you got a PS5 and monitors and all that. It's going to be crazy. The only thing I wish is that, because I, I, I've i seen unboxings. I've watched a bunch of reviews of it. Uh, I wish it came with a case and or a charging dock that you could sit it in like, you know, the Switch one that covers up the screen and it charges it up and bing, there you go. Or like the Steam Deck, which came with a nice case that you put it in and it's all wrapped and protected. But obviously third-party people will come up with that. I can't wait to get my hands on it and play it and experience it. And like we've said before, I don't really need it. I mean, I'm alone by my house, but sometimes it is nice to not sit in the computer chair and go sit on the couch or sit lay in bed belly down, feet kicking, toes wiggling, and having a great time. Speaking of having a great time, I'm going to tell you about Nintendo's Indie World because they had an Indie World showcase on Tuesday, and there's a ton of games. There's a ton of great games on here. I can't go into them all. Like I said, we got too much else to do on this show, but I'll tell you, they showed off Shantae Advance, which is coming out, which we've known about for a while. They showed off a game called Howl, which is about like a deaf prophet seeking to save a world from a sound-based plague, and it looks like a turn-based, and they said predictive combat, so you set up your stuff, and then it goes like five moves ahead, and then you set up your next five moves. There's a demo for that out right now, so I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Uh, A game that's been on my Steam wishlist for a long time, Backpack Hero. You play as a little pack rat, he's got a big old backpack, and the order in which you put things and organize things in your backpack allows you to do specialty skills, specialty spells to go through a roguelike dungeon and come back out and upgrade your stuff here too. I'll give you like two more. Blade Chimera. Yeah, that was going to be mine. Yeah, there you go. A cyberpunk, demon blade, time manipulation, symphony of the night looking thing. I was amazed by it. It blew me away when I saw it. Yeah, the 2D action side scrolling, whole gimmick. Love it. Can't get enough of it. And then on top of it, just like you said, they took the symphony night idea where the blade floats behind you. And not only is it used for attacking and doing all sorts of damage, it can turn into things as well that existed beforehand. So you can, like, in the demo, they show you, you know, making a car that once existed there but was blown up reappear to block an attack, that sort of thing. Like you said, it messes with time and manipulate time. Looked really cool. Something I'm definitely interested in. And another one, the star named Eos. This was a narrative puzzle game, but it was all about photography and memory. Looking at pictures of things that existed and then going back into that moment and reliving the memory and looking around in that scene. Very, very cool. Two more that got my interest. One was called Urban Myth Dissolution Center. It was in the very end, like little quick hits of everything. Graphical style on that. Mwah, chef's kiss, pixel art, beautiful amazingness. And then they announced Braid Anniversary Edition. I don't know that it got a release date or anything like that, But Braid was one of those Xbox 360, Xbox Live Arcade games that was, I don't want to say like the first thing that people were like, oh, video games can be art. But this was one of those very artsy, very mwah, very amazing, and then time manipulatory games that everybody loved when they played it. If you haven't played it, you need to play it. It's one of those games. So to get it again on a modern console, amazing, great. Indeed. It was a lot of fun, a lot of cool stuff there. I was actually very impressed with the showcase overall. But realistically, I probably won't play most of those titles just because that's not my bag. But a good showing. Very happy for everybody there. Hopefully all those games do wonderful. But well, we won't know, man. We won't know for another year. But we do know this year what games were wonderful, what games did do well. And a lot of games that did do well that just still didn't show up. So that's just the nature of the beast. It sucks. You know, maybe we'll uh, talk about it here in a minute. But of course, folks, we're talking about 
the Game Awards nominees, they were posted. You can go out there, cast your votes right now, which count for a small percentage of, you know, if that game will get where it is or doesn't get where it is. But they're up. They're up for you. They're up for me. They're up for Matt. They're up for everybody. And we're going to do like we always do. And we're going to go through them. And we're going to have a good time talking about who's going to win, et cetera, et cetera. And it does make me laugh because I saw the nominees go up. I looked through them all and I went, cool. All right. I'm going to remember this for the show. And then it was like four hours later, Jeff Keeley went, hey, also cast your votes. And I went, oh, yeah, I forgot we could do that. So I went through and started voting. But like every other one, I got an error. But it went, oh, just continue. So I continued. And I got to the end and I went, that doesn't seem like enough. And then I went back through all the nominees here in this big list we're about to go through. And I went, oh, I couldn't cast my vote for like half of these games. That's why I don't remember this or that or this or that even get mentioned. Even though there are some that just got snubs in certain categories. But like you said, we're going to go through them all. It'll probably get broken up into two shows. So you get part one here, part next week, just like we did last year. We're going to start off at the bottom, at the bottom of the list that we're going up. It's however Game Informer decided to rank it, and it's it's a gimme. It's a gimme. Best eSports event. Mm-hmm. League of Legends World Championship, Blast TV Paris Major, Evo 2023, the International Dota 2 Championships, our Valorant Championships. There's only one. There's only one eSport that, that's worth a damn, that's worth any of your time investment. That's a lie. But League of Legends World Championship is the best. You get, I mean, you get the dream team. If you watch LCS, if you watch LEC, if you watch any other kind of, you know, league commentators, they all come together, form a dream team to tell you all the storylines, all the good stuff. And league is the best esports event, spoiler alert for when we talk about it later. That gets my vote. That's what should win every single year. I agree. It's going to win. It should win. It's the one. It's it's the only one out of those options that makes any sense. I'm with Matt on this. I ain't losing points off something so suck-a-faced as this <laughs> this year. It's not happening. Matt tells me I lose every year. Do I trust that? I don't know. You do. He tells you me should. I do, though. So You do. Yeah. Bullsnips. <laughs> Bullsnips. And, of course, moving on to that second one, Matt. It's the best esports coach. you got Christine Potter-Chi. You've got Danny Zonic Sorensen. You've got Jordan Gunbug Graham. You've got Remy XTQZZZ. Uh, I'm gonna mispronounce that. Quenum, Quenum. <laughs> you should have done this one, Matt. I, I, I was gonna do a ball because you got the bronchitis, Sung but Young. you go, brother. <laughs> hey, I gotta help out. I can't just you know carry uh, be carried around. So yeah, you got Yoon Home, Sung Young, all competing for the best esports coach. I don't have a clue who these people are, man. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. So I always just go, well, it's gonna be either Overwatch or League of Legends because those are the two I really care about. This year, I'm just going to say it's going to be Yoon because it's League of Legends, and League of Legends is big because it's always freaking big, and Overwatch just has been a kind of a downward spiral, so I don't know how much attention or love that's getting anymore. I know Counter-Strike's still huge, but whatever. I'm going to go with that one as my nominee this year. Now, I'm going to make a pick just based on, I mean, it's based on a thought that I've had because I've watched some esports the last couple of years, and I always think to myself, you know, mostly it's men playing it, but it's also mostly men coaching it. And I think, why isn't there any female representation in here? And, you know, I'm not trying to be like, you know, one of those people who says it has to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. But you do have a female coach here nominated for best esports coach. So I'm going for Christine Potter Chi for Evil Geniuses and Valorant. And that's going to tie into something, actually, in the very next category that I'm going to talk about, which I didn't even realize until right now. But she gets my vote because it's important. I mean, there should be representation of all walks of life and all people. So she gets my vote for here. And then next up, best esports team. We got Evil Geniuses in Valorant, Fnatic in Valorant, Gaming Gladiators in Dota 2, JD Gaming in League of Legends, and Team Vitality in Counter-Strike. Just like last year, I did my research. There are two world championship teams in this list. So there's only two people you could vote for. One is Team Vitality in Counter-Strike, and one is Evil Geniuses in Valorant, which Christine Potterchi coaches. So they get my vote. Evil Geniuses, she should pick up a two-pack right here. She should get one for best coach, and she led them to a world championship. Boom, Evil Geniuses, you get my vote this year. Mm, this is another one I know nothing about and just don't watch or pay any attention to. So I'm going to diverge from Matt just so we start to get a little bit of, uh, a little bit of different stuff heading out here. And I'm going to go with Team Vitality, just because I've heard of them before. I know that name. I know they do that. I know what's happening over there. That's it, though. Do I watch them? 
No, I don't. But I do have a streamer I watch who does watch clips of theirs occasionally. So I have seen them, and I know they exist. Team Vitality, Counter-Strike, take me for the win. It's, cap- it's happening this year, man. We're going to do it, all right? <laughs> and then, of course, taking me to that win is going to be the best esports athlete. You got Lee Faker, saying Hayok, League of Legends, Matthew Zawawu, Herball, CSGO, Max Demon 1, Mazinov and Valorant, Paco... Hydra, Arusavise, <laughs> and Call of Duty, Park Ruler, Jai Yuk, and League of Legends, Philip Imperial Hal, Dosen, and Apex Legends. Holy moly, people, your names are very crazy. Very crazy. But I'll tell you this Faker is the one that's going to win this. I've heard nothing but news on this guy. I have no clue who he is, but I heard nothing but stuff on him this year. I've heard people talking, all sorts of different streamers talking about Faker. Apparently something about he was sick and had to leave the team, and the team fell apart when he came back, and all of a sudden they were smoking again. He's just like this god of a League of Legends player who's carrying it on his back, just handling business. So I'm going with that dude this year. Hopefully uh, he takes it for me. Faker gets nominated every year because he deserves it every year. The man is an esports legend, whatever you think about esports. I mean, I looked it up because I went, he, he didn't win you know, the world championships last year. But his team was in the finals. And I think he was on a different team last year, or they were talking about trading him, and then everyone was worried that T1 would fall apart without him. So he is back on T1. Like you said, he apparently had to leave, and they fell apart. He came back. They're back on it. He's got like three league world championships, and then all the rest is like second place. So this guy is like the Tom Brady of esports. Faker should take it every year. He's my vote every year because he's nominated every year because he's the best every year. And then going into the best every year, best esports game. You got Counter-Strike 2, which I didn't even know they had a Counter-Strike 2. I thought it was CSGO and then regular Counter-Strike. So that's new for me. They got Dota 2. They got League of Legends. They got PUBG Mobile. They got Valorant. You know what it is. The best esports game is League of Legends. It is every year. It's my vote every year. Because you get the clarity. You get the analysis. It moves slow enough that you can understand what's happening, even if you're a noob. There's time enough for the commentators to set up what's going to happen, why it's happening. When something amazing happens, it's clear as day. You see the big health bars getting chunked down. It makes sense. It's not so fast that everything, you, you lose it in a second like we talk about with Overwatch. It's the best. I said it last year. Go listen to last year. It's the best. It gets a vote. Boom. Now, I'm going to agree with Matt. League of Legends for sure taking it. It always does. That's just the way this goes. But I do want to say Valorant. I feel like I hear Valorant more and more. It's kind of picking up some steam, picking up a little bit of like permanence in the uh, community as a esports game and as a competitive game in general. Counter Strike Two, I did know existed, but I don't think people are as hot on that as they are on the old school Counter Strike. That's you know, it's a whole other argument and talk for another day. But of those, I think it's still going to be League of Legends. <clears throat> it is just the gangbuster game. So it's for sure taking it. I agree with you. Can't diverge from there. Now, this one I know you know everybody, man. You got to know these people, right? Content creator of the year. It's uh, Doc Funky, People <laughs> Make Games, Quackity, Spreen, Cypher PK, and Iron Mouse. They're all competing this year. Who's going to take it? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to definitely not go for Doc Funky. <sighs> definitely not. Just because I can't let his head get too big. I can't do it. Ooh. And I just like... uh. You know what? I just like Quackity. I don't even know who this Quackity is. But you know what? Quackity sounds fun. I don't want to make Matt's head too big. So, sorry, Doc Funky. Not this year. Maybe next year, though. Maybe next year. I got to tell you, as always, mm-hmm. Eric, Eric is inflating my ego a little bit by reading off my name. But I, w- I was snubbed yet again by the Game Awards. I know. It's, it's a shame and it's disgusting because I am the content creator of the year. I do this show every week. I do SMTs, I do Whatcha Plans, I do streams on Twitch. I'm the best. I'm the best in the world. I'm the greatest. But I will say, you mentioned Quackity. That's the only name on here I know. And I know he is some kind of Minecraft YouTuber, I believe, but I've heard his name before. And 90% of the people on here every single year, I don't know who they are. So he gets my vote just because I've heard of Quackity. I've seen people in YouTube comments talk about how cool Quackity is. I've seen him on Instagram going, oh, man, Quacks. I see him trending on Twitter sometimes. So Quackity gets the vote just because I have a any clue who that man is. Now we're moving on 
to actual games, like proper style games. The real deal. Stuff we know. Look at that. <laughs> Stuff we could talk about for real with most anticipated game. And I'm torn on this one because the nominees are Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Hades II, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, Star Wars Outlaws, and Tekken 8. There's only one game on here that I'm not excited for, and that's Tekken 8, even though I want to be excited because I want to play Tekken. Everything else, I'm hyped for. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth looks amazing. Hades 2, I love the crap out of the first one. This one looks amazing. Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, I love the crap out of the first one. This one looks amazing. Star Wars Outlaws, we talked about it when they showed the reveal. I can't wait to play this game. I have no idea what one to pick. Absolutely no idea. I'm going to say Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth because for a Yakuza or Like a Dragon game to be on this list, I think is really cool because it's been, you know, it's been out in the ether and people have known about it, but it hasn't been like mainstream until like very recently. So I'm going to say Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth also because it's got the the Like a Dragon Animal Crossing mode, which is just going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy. That gets my vote this time. So like you said, a lot of good games on here. Star Wars Outlaws looks promising, but I don't know. It could could end up being not great. So I can't get super excited about that. Hades 2, you all know the story. I love it and I appreciate it, but I just can never click with those titles. So while I'll probably end up getting it and trying it because I'm a sucker for it, I have to do it, there's only two on this list for me. It's Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and it's Like a Dragon Infinite Wild. I fell in love with the Aquas of Like a Dragon. Absolutely loved it. Fantastic game. So super stoked for the next one. Cannot wait. But at the end of the day, man, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, that's my baby. I mean, I played that the previous title three times. Three times. And then I played the DLC two times. I love that game. It is just everything. It just brings me back to another world in which I was young and just felt great. Now the world was different. And it comes back and it gives you all of the feels you need to feel. And it's new. They're changing the story subtly a little bit here and there. So it's not just you're going through the same exact rotes and motes and, and storyline. You're getting new stuff like Jesse, you know, and all the gang. Whole area, whole new, just you hanging out with them and interacting with them that didn't exist. Fantastic stuff for sure. My number one, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, is going to be the top pick and is Actually, you know, finally, for once and ever, aligns. It's going to be the winner because everyone's going to say it. And it is my favorite and the one I'm looking forward to. So, yes, a win for me on that one. By gosh. And that's another one where that's why I picked the other one Mm -hmm. because I knew you were going to pick that one. So we got to talk about some Like a Dragon and talk about why they're both good. So That's right. I agree. Now, we're moving on to the best adaptation, Matt. And I, I don't know if you've watched most of many of these, but... You got Castlevania Nocturne on there. You got Gran Turismo, The Last of Us, Super Mario Brothers, the movie, and Twisted Metal as the best adaptations this year. What you got? Do you know anything about these? Have you watched any of them, Matt? Now, I should have watched most of these. I should have seen Castlevania because it's just on Netflix. I should have seen Gran Turismo because Mom went to watch it in the theater, but that was when I was in kind of a funk for theaters. Last of Us, I, hit or miss for me. I, I don't have Max, so I couldn't watch that. Should have watched Twisted Metal, because I got Peacock, and I was excited for it to support Samoa Joe. Never did. But Super Mario Brothers, the movie. It may not be like the best adaptation, like shot for shot and beat for beat, but this is a movie made for, and obviously by, diehard Super Mario Brothers fans. I told you this, I told you the listeners this, after I went and watched it. Literally every single thing in that movie is a reference to something. You see anything in the background of any of those shots, it's a reference to something. The musical cues, little sound effects here and there, things that don't even matter, it's a reference to something in Super Mario Brothers. That gets my vote because it is just, it's pure Super Mario Brothers. You took all of it and you smashed it down and you put it on the screen. And that's Everything was Super Mario Brothers. There was nothing that was not Super Mario Brothers in some way, shape, or form in that movie. So that gets my vote. Well, I've watched some of Castlevania Nocturne. And, of course, I watched all the previous stuff. Fantastic. It is up to par, up to snuff with its predecessor. Really good watch. But I haven't finished it. So Last of Us, for me, is the only other one here I've actually watched the entirety of. And I came back every week religiously to watch it. I don't do that a lot with real-life shows. So for me, it's The Last of Us. 
because it got me in and it kept me in the entirety of it. And it's funny in a way because I don't even like The Last of Us. I didn't like the video games don't speak to me. I don't really care to play them. But the show really just did it. It, it felt good. It felt great. It engaged me the whole time. So I'm going to pick that one this year. We're going to go with that. Even though typically I'd probably have picked Castlevania Nocturne, but I don't want to be a, a, you know, oh, no, it's probably going to be great. I'll go with the one I know. Last of Us taking it for the win. Now, next up, we got Best Multiplayer presented by Discord. Thank you, Discord. The program we're using to record this podcast, not record, but you know what I'm talking about. But the nominees, Baldur's Gate 3, which doesn't seem like a multiplayer game to me, even though you can't do it in co-op. That's correct. Diablo 4, Party Animals, which I don't know anything about. Sorry, no commentary here. Just got to read the things. Street Fighter 6 and Super Mario Bros. Wonder. There's only one game here that I've played, so it's the one that it's the one that's going to get my vote. Because Street Fighter 6, if you're serious about Street Fighter, it is just a multiplayer game. You jump on online, you jump on ranked, you, you lose your mind, you break your controller, and then you come back again half a second later to do it all over again. Is it... Do I think it's probably the best multiplayer game? No, but it's the only one I've played, so it's the only one that gets my vote. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, go ahead and make your picks, Eric, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to stew on mine a little Poor bit. Poor Matt, more. just stewing on his pick. I don't know. For me, it's easy. It's a Boulder's Gate 3, get out of here. You're a single-player game. Yes, I know technically you can have others. Get out of here. Stop it. Stop it, Bulger Gate. You're going to get your accolades in so many other spots. You get your dirty little paws out of here and go on home. Party Animals, I know about it. Not for me, though. Street Fighter Six, fantastic, great. It's definitely Diablo 4. Let's just cut to the chase. Diablo 4 is going to be the winner. It's my pick. I've played God knows how many hours of that game. So much fun. Can't wait to play it again. My, I got my siblings already rocking out. They're already max level, which is actually kind of a deterrence, making me sad because they already did all the things. But even when I'm on there by myself, it's that. It's just that game. You just go into, put on some shows, do whatever, and you're just poof, 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 killing monsters. And then you get that dopamine hit every time. Of boom, legendary or unique appears, and oh yay! And then if your friends do come on or relatives, poop. Hey, what you doing? Oh, I'm just farming this. I'll just join you. All of a sudden, you're just chit chatting, doing dungeons. Talking about the day, talking about the week, doesn't matter. Perfect game, perfect multiplayer game, taking it hands down. That was one of the ones I was stewing on. So I'll I'll, I'll go the other way because I love Street Fighter VI. I want that to be the pick, but it's going to get a nod in the fighting game category. So I'm going to say I'm going to take a weird side spin and say Super Mario Bros. Wonder because you can play that with your wife and kids. You can play it with the kids. You can play it essentially with your friends without actually being there you can set up the totems and the whatever's they call them and all those things so i'm gonna i'm gonna just take a weird pot shot off in the left field and say super mario wonder gets my vote for that one fantastic only time will tell matt yes now we got another one that nah don't speak to me don't don't speak to me doesn't <laughs> speak to me it's best sports racing you got ea sports fc 24 f123 Forza Motorsport, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, Turbo Charged, and the Crew Motor Fest. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's an easy one. Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, Turbo Charged. It's the only one I would play on that list if you were like, Eric, you got to play one of these games. Which one are you going to play? It's Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, Turbo Charged. And it isn't just a dumb giveaway either because I do hear nothing but great things about it. It's not going to win. I know that. But I hear a lot of good news about it. So at least if I lose, it'll be a good second place loss. I'm down for it. I don't really know. I can't speak to it. I just don't play these types of games. What do you got, man? I'm in the exact same boat as you, but I feel like some of the nominees here, like Forza Motorsport and Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, I heard so much more discourse about the previous iterations of it, because I think the previous Forza was Forza Horizon 5, which is Mm. still sold in bundles with your Xboxes, and that's still the showcase that everybody loves. And same thing with Hot Wheels 1. That was like the gangbuster. Nobody could even believe that this was here. It did a crossover with Forza Horizon 5. And then the second one came out, and I heard people go, sweet, it's real good. Yeah. And then the buzz just went, gone. like the floor dropped out. So I have no idea about any of these because I don't hear anybody talk about any of them, but I'm going to go same boat as you. The one that I would play and have the most fun with, it's probably Hot Wheels Unleashed 2. It gets my vote. It should win. Next up, best sim slash strategy game. Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp, City Skyline 2, Company Heroes 3, Fire Emblem Engage, and Pikmin 4. I've played only one of these games, but it doesn't get my vote. 
Well, I mean, I have played these two games. The game that gets my vote is Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. I haven't played the new ones, but I have played the old ones, and they were fantastic and amazing, and they were pure sim slash strategy. I don't play City Builders. I don't play Company Heroes. Fire Emblem Engage, I wanted to love, but I made it too easy, and then I really didn't like it. And Fire Emblem Diehards don't even like it that much because of all the weird systems. And Pikmin 4 is not a sim slash strategy game. Why is that here? Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp gets my vote. I agree with you on the Pikmin issue. However, I'm giving it to Pikmin 4 just because it's not going to be in too many more places around here. And I think this is where it's going to get its shine because there's a lot of people in the in the background who want to give props to Pikmin 4 because apparently it was a wonderful game, fantastic, best in the series so far. It's not my genre. It's not my jam. But the people who do love it talk about it being amazing all the time. So I'm going to give it its shine right here because I think that's where everybody else is going to try to give it its shine. Oh, there, horsey. We got to stop here for this week. Because otherwise it would be a two-hour show. Literally, as we're recording this, I'm seeing it's getting up to two hours because we're just recording this at the end. But here's where we stop for this week. So let us know what you think of our current picks, our current nominations, and then stick around for next week to hear the rest of them. And you can send any of those picks or thoughts or ideas or anticipations to us via the email, thirdshiftme.gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook under thirdshift. Hit the Discord, the Patreon the stream hit me up at the stream knock on my door and i won't answer but you can you can shout your recommendations to me through the closed door while you're shouting your recommendations through that closed door and trying to get matt's attention also head over to patreon you know what throw a buck two bucks three bucks all kind of bucks our way it's a little old tip jar just if you think we're doing a good job we appreciate it keeps the lights on keeps the bills paid keeps everything rocking and rolling so we'll be here Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Yeah. <laughs> and since we will be here forever, you can guarantee listen to the very next episode on or around the 23rd of November for American Thanksgiving. I know we got like a Canadian listener out there. So not your Thanksgiving, but our Thanksgiving. Our Thanksgiving. When you're sick and tired of your family, you can go to iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, YouTube. You can go anywhere and find us and just put in your noise-canceling earbuds as you're sitting at the table eating your second helping. And they're going, Timmy, Timmy, tell us about you. And you're just like, nope, I'm listening to Third Shift. They're making their picks for the second half of the Game of the Year awards. Oh, boy, what are they doing? And... (laughs) So I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. And while you're appreciating that, we appreciate those five-star reviews on the iTunes and the old Spotify. So get over there. It's the time of giving. It's Christmas and Thanksgiving time. So give us those five-star reviews, folks. Come on. You can do it. While you got a big old chunk of that turkey in your mouth, you know what I'm saying? Help us out. Help us help you. And with that, there's nothing else to say but Shut up and sit down.